from the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Armstrong and Getty. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. From Studio C, senors and senoritas, and then the rest of you. Live from a dimly lit room deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Entormation Complex, this is the Armstrong and Getty Show, live in living color for this 2nd of December, the year of our Lord, I think, 2021. Greetings this morning. Oh, he is on the, on the phone? He is on the phone. Well, hang on. All right. Bring him up then. This morning we're tootling. Toot, mm-hmm. We're laboring under. We're, nobody's tootling. I hope not. We're laboring under the tutelage of our honorary general manager, Peak Stupid. Sound the alarm, ladies and gentlemen. We are at peak. My finely tuned instruments have detected the national discourse, the media, the politics, policy. They have reached. Well, well they've reached the apex of stupid. Things can only get better from here. It's impossible for society to continue this stupid. It seems like bad news. It's the dark before the dawn. Please welcome my co-host, Jack Armstrong. I can't wait to hear your examples of why Peak Stupid is our general manager. I'm sure there are plenty. Virtually everything we talk about will illustrate the point. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we have some good audio from the Supreme Court oral arguments yesterday that we can play for you. Um, we got the uh, the new Omicron various mandates that are being leaked out from the government to talk about. That's very exciting stuff. Did you say Omicron, Mr. Biden? <laughs> yeah, whatever it is. Yeah, I know. Whatever it is. You know what it ain't? Anything to worry about as far as anybody can tell. I got somebody there's there's somebody who's got the Omicron like fifty miles from where I am right now. Good lord. I can have it myself. Good you probably do. And I like the news coverage, so I like the news coverage. So breaking news, breaking news. There is a case of Omicron in the United States. The man has mild symptoms and seems to be fine. Okay, exactly. What is why are you shouting? What is, what is the exciting part of this? Great example of being a peak stupid. How many times have you heard about this damn variant over the last 72 hours? And as far as anybody can tell, it is of zero significance. Yet we're acting like it's an alien invasion. It's, you're acting like Martians are melting people with death rays. What the hell, people? <laughs> oh, 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 that is funny. We are acting like it's an alien invasion. It is the same level of excitement as if we have an announcement a spacecraft never seen before by humans has landed and little green men are getting off in there vaporizing people with ray guns right yeah right. exactly so there's, there's some poor geek a... in san francisco got the sniffles i reacted to that like yeah who cares i figured there are plenty but there's probably 150 people in the country with that variant it's it's all over the freaking world come on is is there a single uh, example of somebody who's gotten really sick from it yet? I don't think there is. 
not that I'm aware of. Uh, you know, we've we've heard from the uh, doctors in South Africa that in the main everybody seems to be very very mildly ill. You know, you know what you're not hearing because it doesn't get clicks. Actually, this might get clicks, but uh, that it could be a very mild variant that sweeps across and everybody gets it. You know, vaccinated, unvaccinated gives everybody natural immunity. Could be the best thing that ever happened. As I've said a hundred times, and nobody cares. Viruses tend to mutate to the point of less lethality. It's better for the virus. This it would make sense that Omicron is is more innocent, less dangerous. Yet we're acting like it's the war of the GD worlds. So I guess um, you know there was a lot of criticism from the left about the way Trump handled the the virus in the early days. I sure. guess we're getting a look at what it would have been like if a Democrat had been president when COVID hit. Can you imagine what that would have looked like? Well, with vaccination rates at 0%, I think it would have looked a lot like uh, Australia it, it, with the, their absolutely oh. mind-bogglingly draconian oh. lockdowns. And, and you think the Aussies are pissed. Try that on Americans, friends. Oh, we got to play the clip. Did you see that thing on Tucker Carlson last night about the people that escaped from the COVID camp? Uh, no. It's a, Once again, I was watching the Beatles show. <laughs> So the good for you. That's a much better idea for your, your health and sanity and everything else. Um, so they've got these COVID camps. Well, I'll tell you about it after we officially start the show. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this. It is How Did It Get to Be Thursday Already? December the 2nd. Hey, wait a second. Is it my mom's birthday? Um, the year 2021, we're Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. Let's begin the show officially now, according to FCC rules and regs. Here we go. Forging ahead, fighting through the stupid like salmon swimming upstream at Mark. Now, I can't promise that every person will get every gift they want on time. Only Santa Claus can keep that promise. All right. That's an effort at at humor. It's okay. Charm. It's charm. See, it's what it is. Acting like uh, you should be angry about that—that's that's peak stupid. It's fine. Some old man made a little joke about Santa Claus. It wasn't funny, but it was fine. Were people upset about that? I don't. Everybody's upset about everything all the time, and I'm upset about um, that. I'll I'll talk about the uh, COVID camp later when we can play the sound because it's really quite amazing. You think we shut down around here some places? Holy crap! What they're doing in Australia is amazing. Since the president referenced the supply chain thing, um, so I got smashed into. Somebody smashed into my car. I mentioned that earlier in the week, over uh, last Wednesday, busiest driving day of the year, Wednesday, and uh, somebody smashes on the side of my car, I think mm. because they hate electric vehicles. I don't know. i got to be a victim, don't I? Um, but they smash in the side of my car, and I go through the insurance stuff, and I do all that sort of stuff, and now so I'm calling the places to get my car fixed onto that part. And so I call a place yesterday saying, uh, I've got my estimate. Uh, I got my estimate, and I'd like to get my car, car fixed. And they said, we're uh, we're currently backed up until late February. Holy crap. I, I said, oh, okay, well, I'll, uh, I'll call someone else. And they said, okay. And I called somebody else. And they said, we could get you in end of January, maybe, if we have some cancellation. And I said, that's uh, that's two months from now, really. So, uh, so what's going on? And they said, because of the supply chain issues, all the parts – have been sitting off uh, in those container ships offshore, and uh, the, nobody's been getting any cars fixed for a long time, and now we're starting to get the parts, but we're so far behind. It, you're going to be several months out everywhere. So there's another example of inflation because, you know, they're hiring more people to try to keep up keep up because they're printing money, you got to believe, at all these, you know, places where they fix cars. 
they're probably going to raise prices because supply and demand, and everything just gets more expensive. Well, I'm, I'm half surprised uh, Tesla parts come from overseas, but uh, I don't know. I don't know anything about that. Well, it, 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 it doesn't have to be a Tesla part. The, the, all the other parts for the other cars, they're behind on all the other cars. Oh, sure. Before right. they can yeah. get to me, before they can get to me, um, they've got to fix all these other cars that have been waiting for months. But well, and there's an enormous a, pinch in shipping in general, as I understand it. Right. But so that's how you get your overheated economy. Um, it's it, and it's it, it's everything. Everything you can think of is like that. So uh, interesting. It's hmm. not going away anytime soon. I can understand why the Fed last week said uh, this is not transitory. Inflation is not transitory. It's going to be here for a while. I'd say. I'd say. Anyway, how does mailbag look? Oh, it's 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 pretty strong, as I recall. I don't know. I'll whip it into shape. Stay tuned. That's all. That's awesome. So text line is four one five. I'm pretty sure I'm not supposed to use that expression anymore, according to Brandeis University. I will caress it, it into shape. arousal. No, that's not my. That's not better. That's worse. <laughs> I'll get it ready. <laughs> I'll stroke it into readiness. That oh, really seems oh, wrong. Oh boy. Oh boy. Really not the right thing. Yeah. No, no, no. Not all good. all that is all that is on the way next. Armstrong and Getty. Hey, how you doing? Thank you for tuning in, slash listening to the podcast, or whatever you're doing. It's none of my business what you're doing. Uh, here's your freedom-loving quote of the day. First of all, as I declared Monday, today, or this week's theme would be uh, great uh, quotes about liberty from women. And, and it's interesting. I've been scouring the interwebs, and... Uh, there are, are many, many lists of quotes from women about empowering women, which is, is great. I mean, it's lovely. But there seems to be a, a bit of a shortage of uh, gals just talking about gen- general principles. But anyway, having said that, uh, I kind of like this one. This is from Rosalind Carter, Jimmy's uh, wife, putting aside you know, the politics of it and, and what you think about Jimma. I just thought it was a, a really interesting quote. A leader takes people where they want to go. A great leader takes people where they don't necessarily want to go, but ought to be. Mm. Well, that, 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 that can be great, depending on where that leader thinks people needed to go. Well, right. And then uh, a horrific leader takes people where they don't necessarily want to go, but where he thinks they ought to be. And sometimes yeah. it's hard to tell the difference. Very, yeah. 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 If we If we collectivize... Our farming, that'll be better for everyone. Millions of people may die in the short term, but it'll be better for humanity in the long run, has been the view of a number of people throughout history. Exactly. Yes, yes. If we have to kill the 50,000 kulaks to get where we're going, all the better. Super. Here's your uh, mailbag. Hey. Super. So I only mentioned this because we got a number of uh, emails of this sort. We were mentioning Billboard's top ten artists of all time. And we got all sorts of notes like this one from Rye. As a fellow musician, I had to comment on not hearing David Bowie's name on the list. What the? Janet Jackson, Madonna, no Bowie. Also, no Stones, no Springsteen, the Who, maybe. He cranked out brilliant music from the late 60s till his death, blah, blah, blah. Listen, Billboard counts record sales and airplay. 
period. It ain't about quality. If food was rated by Billboard, McDonald's hamburgers would kill juicy, tender steaks. Okay? It's not a value judgment. Just numbers. And uh, I'm not sure this is going to take all the time. I was going to say, this is going to be one of those rare single email uh, mailbags, but it, it might not be. I found this very interesting. Al Anonymous writes, I work in corporate real estate. In the past life, I was in charge of leased stores for a national healthy grocery chain in California. Gotcha. I don't know if, I don't know if you realize it, the big giant grocery store there at the end of the, the strip mall or whatever in the middle of it, uh, that's owned by the, the mall. It's rented by the grocery store. So, so he managed that stuff. Typically, retail tenants pay their proportionate share of the expense a landlord occurs, incurs in operating a retail property shopping center. One of these included costs, often security. I had a store in a prominent wealthy region of central California. Heat wanted it off the air. I don't know why. Wealthy central coast figured out. Anyway, where we originally paid the landlord about $80,000 a year for our share of security expenses. That's in 2017, 80000 By 2019, we were paying $300,000 a year for our share Whoa. of security for the shopping center. Whoa. Why, that's almost quadruple. Plus, we began wow. retaining our own private security just for our store in addition. We don't sell flashy items. We sold food. But even our shrink, meaning retail theft and physical threat to our customers, required this level of response. Had another store in San Francisco where the homes across the street sold for two to four million dollars each, but the streets were lined with tents and bums and junkies. They would hide out in the yeah. fire stairs of the garage, which cannot be locked due to code. And they effectively became hobo hotels. Twice the stairs were set on fire. We had to pressure wash the garage for waste and filth weekly. Had customers attacked in the garage, on the streets, our walls regularly graffitied and defaced. If you think call the cops, you're wrong. Retailers actually had to sign several forms with the local authorities stating that uh, you want them to enforce your property rights and respond to trespass violations. Without these forms on file, which have to be refiled annually and sometimes for a fee, the cops will not respond. What kind of a weird socialist country system is that form thing? And that was a few years back. No, now nobody responds at all. These sorts right. of operational issues and expenses ate up our margins and left the stores barely breaking even, even throughout the, the Bay Area. Then the state contemplated removing the property th- 13 property tax protections for commercial properties. Uh, if you follow that in Cal Unicornia, great. If you didn't, you don't need to. But it would have vastly raised property taxes for commercial properties, especially older ones that had not uh, been sold and, and therefore had not had their property tax readjusted. Undoubtedly, we'd have had to close many older locations. When you hear unicorn riders saying we should tax the rich and the corporations, remind them that the corporations will just leave. In this particular case, lots of Cal Unicornia communities would have seen their local healthy grocery store close for good and not return. And more significantly, that grocer would not be replaced by any other retailer due to the expense. Fight these sure. fanciful policies where there's still anything left to fight for. Sure. And I got to believe there's going to be a collapse at some point because... With those kind of costs for security, the only reason you're paying that is you think that this is temporary. Uh, This is crazy. They'll get this under control. Once you realize, no, this isn't going to change anytime soon, 
then you do like Walgreens did where you just close up shop. You realize, well, this is not a business model that works. You can't pay this kind of money and have this kind of theft and stay open. We got to close. Right. I find myself wondering uh, whether you're talking about uh, L.A., uh, which had a number of smash and grab, Chicago, San Francisco, Bay Area, obviously. Um, How many, like the fancy stores, like, I don't know, like uh, Nordstrom, they got uh, smashed up in a couple of places and and looted. Will they put up with that for one more year if it happens more, two more years? At what point did they say, tell with it, we're closing? Well, like I said, I got to believe it doesn't make sense financially already. It's just a, they assume this is, somebody's going to do something about this. So I think a lot of it is uh, emotional of whether it seems like anybody's going to do anything about this. If there's any public will to do anything. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's, uh, well, it's something. We're, we're at peak stupid, as I mentioned. Oh, my God. Well, and I keep saying civilization is coming apart. Right, right, indeed. Uh, so we got a number of notes on the Chris Cuomo situation. JT, always uh, thought-provoking, pointing out that uh, he says, I dislike Cuomo as much as the next guy, but isn't he being scapegoated? I'm not sure scapegoated is the, the word, but his very recent indefinite suspension sure looks like, uh, well, it looks odd is his point. And then he includes links to like 15 different articles from news sources who've been saying all along, this guy masquerades as a journalist, and he's super cozy with his brother, the governor, even as he covers them. This is journalistic ethics gone mad during this whole episode, which was my point yesterday. He's a partisan hack. He's he's standing up for his big brother. Everybody knows it. So now that yeah, it's been proved yeah. that we're supposed to be aghast, sorry, I'm just not. Yeah, who didn't think he was shading the story to help his brother? Was there anybody? Well, stay tuned. If you miss a segment, you can always get the Armstrong and Getty Show on demand. Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Joe almost went to law school. Have you ever heard that story? Oh, yeah. Heck, I filled out paperwork. I I was this close. That's how serious you were about going to law school. You nearly went. So you are. I bring that knowledge to the show. (laughs) (laughs) The the considered going to law school knowledge. Yes. Yes, exactly. Um, So, Supreme Court heard oral arguments on the biggest case around abortion, really, in, in 50 years. Maybe certainly in thirty years, and uh, let's let's start from here because I got uh, I I took in a lot of information on this, and since you almost went to law school, make sure we all completely understand what we're talking about here. Let's Damn set our it. parameters. Yes. Um. So, uh, Mississippi, um, passes a law you can't perform any abortion after fifteen weeks. One thing I learned yesterday, and that has been cha- was challenged in the court said, no, you can't do that, and now it's at the Supreme Court to decide whether or not you can do that or not. Um, I learned yesterday, and I didn't know this, the vast, vast majority, I'll have to look up the statistics, but I mean the vast, vast majority of abortions are performed before 15 weeks, which I found very interesting. So if that law was the law of the land all across the United States, this horrific hands-made tail law, that sets us back centuries. Um, 
back alleys, the vast, vast, coat yeah, hangers, etc. The vast, vast, vast majority of abortions would still be performed like they always have been. Right. Right. Which I find um, really, really interesting. Well, and another interesting aspect of the question uh, that uh, I was unaware of was uh, one of the lawyers and, and s- a couple of the soups were discussing uh, the various countries around the world and what their policies are. Uh, though we do not need to look to uh, international law to figure out our own constitution. I just thought it was, uh, you know, of interest. Uh, so... um one of the main questions before us was, uh, you know, the, the the idea of you don't want to overturn a big giant precedent if you can avoid it. Or at the very least, you don't want to overturn it casually. And as Shannon Bream reports, uh, uh, Brett Kavanaugh had some uh, some questions and some thoughts on that question. Give us 32, Michael. The bulk of today's arguments did focus on when it's appropriate for the country's highest court to overrule something considered one of its landmark decisions. As Justice Kavanaugh noted, the court has done repeatedly. If we think that uh, the prior precedents are seriously wrong, if that, why then doesn't the history of this court's practice with respect to those cases tell us that the right answer is actually to return to the position of neutrality and not stick with those precedents in the same way that all those other cases didn't. Justice Kavanaugh also noted that even if the court decided to overrule Roe and Casey, states would still be free to make their own decisions about access to abortion. Oh, sorry, I thought that was background noise at the court. Uh, right, so they jawed back and forth on that, and um, uh, let's see, uh, let's let's get a little uh, Justice Roberts uh, quote here, uh, clip 35, Michael. So a viability, it seems to me, doesn't have anything to do with choice, um, uh, but if it really is an issue about choice, why is 15 weeks not enough time? So he's making the point that at the point that a fetus, a baby, can uh, survive outside the womb. It's not about choice anymore. It's about, uh, and and this is according to Roe v. Wade, uh, it's about balancing the interest between one human being and another human being, and we're pretty pretty clear on the fact that one human being doesn't get to kill another human being just because they find it uh, convenient. And Robert's point was, well, okay, you know, given the science and everything these days, is, is 15 weeks a good standard or no? And if it's not, why not? And Well, starting with the Shannon Bream clip that we played where she gets into the Kavanaugh argument, which he seemed to be the one leading the charge on that all day long, is uh, there's plenty of examples of us overturning long-standing precedent, and we decided it was a really, really good idea. Oh, in fact, it's a, a lot of those things are seen as the most heroic moments in the court's history. Right. He mentioned Brown versus the Board of Education. Uh, w- w- when we finally started to do away with um, separate but equal, which had been around for decades and decades and decades. Mm-hmm. And you could have made the argument, well, this is the way we've already done it. We've always done it, so we better have uh, drink- drinking fountains for uh, for black people and drinking fountains for white people. Well, that's the way we already have always done it. We didn't keep that standard. We moved on and decided it was a good idea. Right, indeed. And it's universally agreed upon. Uh, So there were a couple of uh, notable quotes. Some I thought, uh, you know, were, were interesting points. Some I thought were wildly inappropriate. Here's Chief Justice Roberts uh, in clip 37. And there are states that have bans. Well, I know, but I'd like to focus on the 15-week ban because that's not a dramatic departure from uh, viability. It is the standard that the vast majority of other countries have. 
when you get to the viability standard, we share uh, uh, that standard with the People's Republic of China and North Korea. And I don't think you have to be in favor of looking to international law to set our constitutional standards to be concerned if those are your share that particular time period. Making the point, am I right, that, 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 hey, you know who allows late-term abortion? North Korea and China. Yeah. Yeah, Loathsome communist dictatorships. I've been misled on this issue like most of my adult life, and it shouldn't be a surprise because we get most of our information from way left-leaning media and always have. It's just what most of what you see on TV and the big newspapers are. And so I've been led to believe that if you'd ask me, as a 35-year-old, are we more restrictive or less restrictive on abortion? I would have thought, oh, well, Europe, they're wide open in Europe. We're way more restrictive. No, that's not the case. We allow late-term abortion in ways that they don't practically anywhere in the world. Right, right. I would have been right there with you. I'd have thought, oh, yeah, yeah, the uh, fundamentalist types in America have dragged policy to the right. I happen to agree with a lot of it. Uh, But, yeah, I would have been uh, misled, too. Uh, You know, I thought uh, uh, Elena Kagan was way out of line yesterday. Way out of line. She... Instead of comporting herself as a Supreme Court justice, a learned lawyer, an analyst of the law, she comported herself like she was on the steps of the Capitol screeching into a megaphone. I let Shannon Bream set it up because she does a good job and she's so cute. Uh, Clip number 30, please. Pro-life advocates have been open about their hopes of overturning Roe and its follow-up case, Planned Parenthood v. Casey, based on the court's current makeup. And that had the liberal justices warning today that taking that step could appear purely political. Will this institution survive the stench that this creates in the public perception that the Constitution and its reading are just political acts? Uh, The perception that you just tried to solidify, like you're a protester. I didn't hear any of that. I listened to quite a bit of the questioning and the the lawyers drawing. It seemed to me they were either, A, trying to overturn a bad decision that took an important question out of the hands of the people in the legislatures, and B, just trying to fine-tune policy on one of the most divisive questions in front of mankind the stench i didn't think there's any stench i thought it was incredibly careful and deliberate now people who listen to cnn and msnbc and and the uh, the rest of them are going to come away thinking it was some outrageous purely political thing but partly because people like you are trying to hint that it is and by the way you did not have the balls and i use that term deliberately wow you didn't have the balls to just say it will be a stench you said, the, uh, will the court survive the perception that it was political and there's a big giant stench on the court? The perception. Of the, what? What? Yeah, an aggressive sense. Well, how about you do what's right and worry about the perception later? If, if our last remaining above it all institution breaks down the way everything else has. Based on what might happen on Twitter. And they start talking to each other like they do in Congress. You're a liar. No, you're a liar. I mean, oh, my God. But anyway, there will be a stench on the court. There's a stench in the court, all right, and I think I know who it is. Hey-oh! <laughs> Roberts and Thomas high five. <laughs> yeah. Hi-oh! You stink is what we're saying. Uh, the Dispatch wrote today on that topic, conservative legal scholars scoffed at Sotomayor, uh, Sotomayor's suggestion. Nothing hurts the court's legitimacy more than a decision like Roe versus Wade, in which the court ignored the Constitution and announced a new national policy based 
on what the court wanted to do, said Thomas Jipping, senior fellow at the Edwin Meese Center for Legal and Judicial Studies. Every justice believes that, in general, courts should follow their past decisions, and no justice believes that the court should always do so. The question is, when should an incorrect decision or precedent be overruled? That's the issue. So to suggest that overruling a precedent will somehow make the court look political, really? Did the court look political in Brown versus the Board of Education? I mean, that's one of the few cases they teach us in... You know, junior high, it's such an important decision. Did that make the court look political because they overturned decades and decades of precedent? Of course not. They righted righted a wrong. You know what? And we don't, I don't think we have this clip, and I should ask for it. My bad. Um, Roberts unleashed a list of major historic uh, overturnings of precedent that are 201 hailed as the greatest uh, decisions the court has made. And each one of them, you know, uh, gave the finger to the decisive thingamajigger. Yeah, uh, Kavanaugh used the example of uh, outlawing separate but equal, which we've already mentioned, the recognition of um, uh, the constitutional right for same-sex marriage. I mean, that was a real change in the way we looked at the law in this country. Right. Um, And do most people think that that was a horrible decision? Well, polls don't say so. Yeah, Hanson, see if you can come up with, I'm pretty sure it was Roberts who listed... Uh, great overturnings of precedent. To me, the fact that the vast majority of abortions occur before 15 weeks, and that's the horrific standard that Mississippi's trying to set, I just, I don't... Well, it was portrayed practically unanimous by our beloved media as draconian, as extreme, as brutal. You know who's extreme? The freaking media. You don't have to trust us. If you see us as right-wing AM talk show hosts or whatever, um, you don't We're have on to, FM stations. You don't have to believe us. Look at Gallup polling on this. The majority of Democrats don't think abortion past the first trimester is freaking scary and horrible. Right. Absolutely. True. Only the media thinks that it's some sort of setback to not allow full-on babies inside a mom to be murdered. Right. Only it's- the media thinks that that's a problem. They fear giving an inch, even a very, very reasonable, practically universally agreed upon inch, for fear that the scary, scary conservatives will take a mile. It's just crazy. It's no way to run a country. Now, you're not supposed to uh, draw conclusions from the questioning, but man, an awful lot of people left, right, and center seem to think it's it's going toward doing away with Roe versus Wade. Well, I listened again to quite a bit of the oral arguments, and the gal uh, attacking the Mississippi law very, very smart, very capable. At no point was she uh, caught unprepared or did not have an answer. I thought I was impressed by her. And I thought her very skillful answers were just unpersuasive. She just didn't have a great case. So we can talk more about this later. This is a very serious case. Uh, The complete flip side is the stupid, stupid trial that's going on, the Jesse Smollett case. Oh. Did he? Uh, it is. It is some of the finest comedy unleashed on America in the last ten years. Did he have a bad day? Like I've been saying all week long, I can't believe he allowed this to go to trial. I'll I'll agree to anything. Just don't trot out before the public how stupid I am. I, I will. I will conclude this discussion of that case. And by the way, I have something life affirming and fun and beautiful coming up. Believe awesome. it or not. But I will end my analysis of the Jussie Smollett situation uh, in the following way. 
I've lived a, a life of uh, varied interactions with people in the fields of the arts, science, business, etc. I will tell you this. There are people who are very attractive and very talented and stupid as a dog. Okay. <laughs> Michael was raising his hand. Very attractive, very talented. <laughs> Then it all it just, went south. It just, <laughs> then, it all, then it all fell apart. They're, they're very attractive and talented, but they're just, they're dumb. They make bad decisions. <laughs> very attractive. Michael puts his hand up. Uh, <laughs> any comment on our analysis of the Supreme Court thing or anything else? Text line 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Hour two, we really ought to talk about the proposed travel restrictions that they're either going to add or continue around Omicron that are just crazy. Well, and inexplicable. And this is for vaccinated people, too. What happened to the, you get oh, vaccinated. It doesn't matter, vax or no. You get We're vaccinated, you get your life back, huh? What yeah. happened to that? So people are angry as hell in Australia and fighting and smashing and threatening death and the rest of it. And we'll get back to the horrors of the world and how America is now at peak stupid. I, <laughs> I, my, I have sensitive equipment. We are at the peak of stupidity. Well, we'll get back to that in a minute. But first, I wanted to tell you this tale sent along by alert listener Jeff. One of the first practices of the season, freshman basketball team, Notre Dame prep, Pontiac, Michigan. Coach tells his 14 players, hey, set up a group chat. Uh, on your on your cell phone, so you can communicate practice times and coordinate transportation, whatever you need to do. Everybody ought to have everybody else's numbers. Well, the 14, 15-year-olds got 13 of those phone numbers right, but the 14th, one of the players, messed up a digit. So a random guy chimes in on what was supposed to only be the freshman basketball Uh-oh, team here uh, comes, conversation. Here comes porn. And he says, no, he says, uh, y'all meant to add me to this? Yeah, they told him, thinking it was their teammate. He goes, you know who I am? He replied, and they said, yeah, you're our teammate. Well, it turns out it wasn't their teammate. Uh, it turns out the interloper was Sean Murphy Bunting, cornerback for the reigning Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, Murphy Bunting, who was in his third NFL season, uh, identified himself to his 13 new group chat friends. But the teenage basketball players still think it's their fellow teammate trying to pull a fast one, right? So Murphy Bunning sent them proof, a selfie of himself, throwing up a peace sign in front of his locker, bedecked with his Bucks helmet and shoulder pads. Still, a few of the boys were skeptical. So he FaceTimed the boys. Uh, Jason Whalen, an assistant coach whose 15-year-old son plays on the team, recounted the conversation of the WAPO. He said uh, his son gave him the play. What followed was a whirlwind tour of the Bucks locker room, including introductions to all the boys, to some of the team's most famous members, tight end Rob Gronkowski, wide receiver Mike Evans, cornerback Richard Sherman, running back Leonard Fournette. One of the guys had Fournette on his fantasy football team. Wow. For the Bucks' upcoming wow. Sunday game. So we encouraged the running back to have a big game. That's hilarious. Four days later, Fournette runs for 100 yards, scores four touchdowns over the, uh, the Colts. Um, and, and then the kids, they got a little greedy. They got a little bit greedy. They said, Hey, 
Is uh, Tom and, Brady there by any chance? Can we talk to Tom Brady? <laughs> yeah, how would you not ask that? Well, Fournette said, ah, bad news, Brady's in a meeting. But he stayed on the phone. Fournette, the, the all-star freaking running back, had chatted with the boys for another 10 to 15 minutes. Then, all of a sudden, a face pops in front of the phone. It's the GOAT, Tom Brady. What's up, fellas? He asks them. They absolutely lost their minds at that point, I'm said sure. one of the dads. Uh, Brady, who they go into how big they are. So he chats with the boys for a while. Um, it was nice, said Brady. It would have been nice for me when I'd been in high school, too. Um, even better, because he was from, uh, I think he was from Michigan originally. Well, he played for the, the Wolverines. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so it just, it, it was sweet and great. And, and these kids' heroes giving them a bunch of their time. It was just nice. Or she was in San Mateo in high school. <laughs> just down the road here. Um, right. So, uh, but you've mocked me many times over the years, and rightfully so, like when I give a phone number and get a number wrong, and you say you have to get all the numbers right, because if you get one number wrong, it's not like you get the business next door. Right. But this this seems to be different. You, they got one number wrong, and you get a different sports league? So your basketball players, you get one number wrong, you end up with pro football players. I mean, that's not the way funny. That's not the way phone numbers work, right? It's not like you got one digit wrong and got a celebrity chef or something (laughs) like that, or a great architect. No, it was was another athlete, just a different one. I just thought that was sweet. If I'm trying to call a steakhouse and I get one number wrong, I don't end up with a pizza place. That's not just (laughs) that's not the way phone numbers work. (laughs) No, but it did in this case. Yeah, that is really something. I may have to become a Bucks fan. I don't know. Hey, what happened to if you get vaccinated, you get your life back? What? Is the Biden administration talking about with these travel restrictions? If you haven't heard about it, kick off hour two. If you miss an hour of the show, go to armstrongandgetty.com, grab the podcast. Armstrong and Getty.